911. What is your emergency? I just found a body. I don't know what to do. Government officials insist that this is an isolated incident. You are listening to Nightcap, a true crime podcast. If the mystery of murder intrigues you, or if you find crime quite a curiosity. Welcome home. Pour yourself a drink, sit back, and buckle up. It's gonna get dark. Be warned, this podcast does contain explicit content and graphic descriptions of real-life accounts and cases. Listener discretion is definitely advised. All right, we're back. Every mother looks at their baby thinking there's no way they could be anything less than an angel. But alas, that's not always the case. We've got a couple of accounts of minors committing major crimes lined up for your weekly dose of true crime horror. But first, I'm Susie. I'm Gavin. And I'm Brittany. Before we dive into one of the creepiest topics we've covered yet, what are we drinking? What are you drinking? I I had to look at it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm drinking Lagunitas hop water. It's a hoppy refresher. It's zero carb, zero alcohol, zero calories. It's basically a soda water with a little bit of a hop flavor to it. And it's one of my favorite things. It's very I'm going to need you to calm down because I have a whole can to read, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Government warning. According to the Sturgeon General, this beverage is A-OK. Actually, this is fun. According to the Sturgeon General, this I love the Sturgeon. Is, is a fish. That's a fish general. <laughs> for operating light, medium, and heavy machinery, potable for pregos, and completely safe for driving, flying, or teleportation. It's pretty much good wherever, whenever, maybe even on the moon. Nice. Are you kidding? Good I've old. never read that before. <laughs> That's great. That's the good old Sturgeon General. This is, this is, so I love this stuff. Does it really anyway. say sturgeon instead of yeah. sturgeon? Yeah. Oh, oh, it does. Oh, I thought you were just saying it wrong. Oh, no. Brittany, I apologize. I thought you were calling it a fish general. Come on, you guys. <laughs> oh, and it says government warming. Warming? <laughs> I am very entertained by that. I've never read that. That's, that's funny. That is funny. Thank you for reading. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad I did. Susie, what are you drinking? I am back on my blue moon bullshit, except I found these cute little cans and it's mango wheat blue moon. Ooh. And I had thought when I bought it that I was like, it's going to taste like a blue moon with maybe like a hint of mango. No, this shit is fucking amazing. Probably the best thing I've drank in a long time. It's like mango through and through. That's and it's delicious. It literally has mango. Like the ingredients are like hops, wheat, barley, blah, blah, blah. And then it's like mango and honey. And I'm like, <laughs> dude, I'm down. And a whole ass mango. Whole ass mango. <laughs> a whole cra- ass crafted mango. with a ripe whole ass mango. <laughs> right there on the can. EST 1995. <laughs> but yeah, that's all I got. And Admiral Nelson, shout out. Gavin, what are you drinking? I'm drinking Vizzy Hard Seltzer. It oh. says on the can, hint of strawberry kiwi, but um, it's not a hint. It It's pretty flavorful. It's good. I don't usually like strawberry flavored things, but I'm not, it's, I like it. It is with, or made with antioxidant vitamin C from Eserola Superfruit. Again, another 
fruit that makes booze, and I don't know how to say it or what it is, but um, what? Yeah, let me see. I don't know. You try. Acerola. Acerola. I, I almost thought it said areola when I first read it. Oop, areola. Oop, areola. A whole bunch of are. areolas in there. That's the one I was talking about on the pillow talk. That I was like, oh, I seen a billboard for this seltzer. That has antioxidants and vitamins in it. Like, oh, seems yeah. a little counterproductive, but like, good for them. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a two for one. They cancel each other out, but it's fine. This one does not have a fun government warming. Or it's not written no by sturgeon the sturgeon general. No sturgeon, no sturgeon general. general. <laughs> <laughs> well, shall we dive in? Let's do it. Brittany, what are the facts? All righty. Let's talk about little assholes. The, the widow killer kiddos. The widow baby killer. Kiddo kiddos. So, the most commonly committed crimes by juveniles are typically non-violent misdemeanor offenses. Most common is theft, larceny. Second most common is simple assault. Third is drug abuse violations. Fourth, disorderly content. Uh, content. <laughs> disorderly conduct. And fifth are alcohol offenses, including driving under the influence, liquor law violations, and drunkenness. Those good old MIPs. You know. Um, in 2019, there is an estimated uh, 696,620 juvenile arrests. Of those, 44,010 were violent crimes, which include murder and non-negligent manslaughter forcible rape, robbery, and aggravated assault. Wow. I thought it was kind of interesting robbery Damn. included in as a violent crime. I guess so. I guess and then if you rob something with a, like a weapon. Oh, yeah. yeah. Or like at force, you know. How you're robbing. Because I think that's the difference yeah. between what is that theft and robbery? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, actually. Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. Is that the difference? Oh, cool. Um, I, mean, I just made that up in my own head, but I was right. Yeah, I'm so I'm smart. statistics. <laughs> So of those 44,860 of those were for murder and non-negligent homicide. So that's still a lot of kids yeah. killing. Yeah. Um, so as far as how um, juveniles are tried in court, the traditional rule is that anyone under the age of 18 is a juvenile and will be tried in the juvenile court system. However, in certain circumstances, almost every state now allows for youths below the age of 18 to be tried as adults. But the rules vary from state to state. And I just pulled a two examples of like the certain states rules for that. So in California, a juvenile is anyone under the age of 18. Anyone 14 years and older can be tried as an adult for serious crimes. Examples of serious crimes include murder, robbery with a weapon and rape. A once an adult, always an adult policy is enforced as long as the minor was 16 at the time of the violation and the violation was legally waived. The policy stands regardless whether the minor was convicted or not. So if they're tried as an adult at any point, that means any future crimes will they'll be tried as an adult like automatically. Mm. Oh, OK, gotcha. Uh, and then in Texas, the juvenile court system has power over minors who are defined to be anyone 10 years of age or older, but under 18. For discretionary waiver, the minimum age is generally 14. A once an adult, always an adult policy is enforced for felony charges unless the original case was acquitted, dismissed or reversed. 
So every state kind of has similar, but then there's different variables in it. Right. Um, I always wondered like what, you know, what would, you know, make a case be tried as an adult versus juvenile. So, and then just a little fun fact, currently Amardeep Sada holds the title of the youngest serial killer in the world. He, his first murder happened when he was only eight years old and he killed three babies under a year old before he was arrested. Oh, damn. So he uh, was sent to like a home for, I guess, awful kids. Uh, And then (laughs) until he was of age. (laughs) What? (laughs) They couldn't, they didn't put him in jail. Um, This was in India. And so he was put away somewhere until he was of age and. He would be about 20 or 21 right now, but no one knows where he is. So that's awesome. Oh, great. He's out there somewhere. And I looked at his picture and I had a look on my face that probably looked like I had just seen a puppy be murdered. Yeah, that's that's how I would describe it. I'll put it. I'll put his just horrifically demonic photo on the blog eventually. Yeah, I almost did my case on that because it was like the most intense serial killer child but i was like i'm not gonna go about murdering or not murdering butchering names like i did the new zealand case that i did so i was like i'm gonna pick something else (laughs) so i'm glad you brought that up because the picture was like so big was so big on my screen out of nowhere i was just scrolling and all of a sudden it was just like "Ah!" so that was startling (laughs) damn and those are my facts on juvenile criminals by Brittany Noise, Brown. Noisely done. The killer kids. Thanks. Thanks. I went first last week, Suze. So oh. how about you <laughs> uh, step up to the plate? All right. Fine. Do it. Or do the it. witness stand. Batter up. All right. All right. All right. I wrote my case a little differently this week, so just roll with me here. But, okay, I'm just going to go off and start it. So, in Medicine Hat, Alberta, Canada... It's a real city. It's called Medicine Hat. I'd look it up. I thought they were messing with me. It's literally Medicine Hat. Medicine Hat? Medicine Hat, Alberta, Canada. In 2003, an inappropriate, obscene relationship was formed between Jasmine Richardson and Jeremy Allen Stanky. Stanky? Stanky. Stanky. That's how stanky? you say it. I literally looked it up and I was like, oh, it's like stanky. Like you, stanky. girl, you, girl, you girl, stanky. You stanky. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Really bad. That, there's another name that comes into play that I was laughing at myself later, about, but we'll get to that. Okay. So between Jasmine Richardson and Jeremy Allen Stanky, why was it so obscene? You ask? Well, Jeremy Stanky was a 23 year old grown ass man while Jasmine uh was only 12 years old. <gasps> Ew, no, 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 thank no, you. No. 23 and 12. I do not like oh. that. Yep. Uncle Gabby does not approve. Oh, mm-hmm. I hate mm-hmm. it. Oh, I hate it. I hate it. The couple met at a local punk rock show and they immediately hit it off. Oh, they both God. identified as goths with the all black attire, piercings, thick eyeliner, the whole nine yards. We all know what a goth looks like, but I had to throw that in there. Susie. What? Were you a goth? No, I was too lazy. (laughs) I wore the eyeliner, but no, I was in pajama pants all day when I was 12, 13 years old. Mm -hmm. I don't give a fuck. Close. I'd definitely say borderline goth, maybe. But the two were also a part of a social media community named Vampire Freaks, where Jasmine... (laughs) 
It gets better. Oh dear. <laughs> it no, gets better. I think that sounds really familiar. I feel like I know about that. <laughs> so on this online community called Vampire Freaks, Jasmine had been lying about her age, claiming she was 15. Like that makes anything better in the circumstance. No better. No. It doesn't. It doesn't. And she was going by the name Runaway Devil. Oh, oh <laughs> honey bear. <laughs> Oh, no. So Jeremy, however, was also lying about his age, but not in the way that you would think. He claimed he was a 300 year old werewolf. (laughs) This is my favorite story ever. Okay. And according to Jasmine's friends, she believed him. And apparently (laughs) she thought it was very attractive. She liked that 300-year-old vampire. What year was this again? 2003. That makes okay. sense. That Early 2000s. Out. Yeah, and we're talking like this guy wore like a, a vial of blood on his neck. Oh, and he was like, God. I'm a werewolf. Yeah, whatever. Whatever floats your boat. Okay. Or tickles your pickle. <laughs> exactly. So Jasmine's parents were obviously not okay with the relationship they shared. And I wonder why. I would kick my 12-year-old's ass. Literally. I would I would beat some ass if my 12 year old girl was, yeah, fucking with a 300 year old werewolf. That age gap is way too huge. (laughs) Susie, that's the best thing you've ever said. I mean, I'm a mother, okay? Just say it. Oh, gosh. So (laughs) they had banned Jasmine from seeing her werewolf boyfriend, obviously. (laughs) The two kept on with their relationship despite Jasmine's parents' wishes, and they professed their love and kept in contact with emails and social media messages. They were so in love and determined to stay together that the two devised a sinister plan. Jasmine actually sent a message to Jeremy saying, quote unquote, I have a plan. It begins with me killing them and ends with me living with you. you. His response? Well, I love your plan, but we need to get more creative with, like, details and stuff. Oh, jeez. Stop it. Quote, unquote. Sorry. <laughs> that wasn't that wasn't a Susie natural like. That was actually the quote. Oh, okay. That wasn't me liking. <laughs> that was him liking. Okay. So, don't that. delete that yeah. like. <laughs> yeah, put that in there. Gavin, that was a real that was a real like. It needs to be in there. Mark the time so we don't. God, fuck, seriously. <laughs> so, Jeremy was actually later recorded posting on his online journal with an eerie entry. Quote, unquote. Their throats I want to slit. They will regret the shit they have done, especially when I see to it they are gone. They shall pay for their insolence. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I tried to like figure out what that word was, but he spelled it wrong. So I have like no idea what that actually means. What is insolence? Insolence means rude and disrespectful behavior. She was sacked for insolence. Oh. Sacked. See, he sp- he spells it wrong in the in the post. He spells it I N S U L I N C E. How is it actually spelled, Gavin? I N S O L E N C E. So his twenty three year old didn't know how to spell apparently. So we're just gonna roll with that. Three hundred year old. Oh, 300 years is not enough for his vocabulary. But to end the quote, he says, "Finally." There shall be silence. Their blood shall be payment. 
quote unquote. All right, so all fun and games that we get to hear because now it gets really fucking bad. On, on the night of, of April 23rd, 2003, so this is this killing's anniversary. It's a long time years ago. ago. 18 years ago today. Mm. So on the night of April 23rd, 2003, Jeremy snuck into the Richardson residence through the basement wearing a mask and wielding a large knife. First, he came across Jasmine's mother, Deborah Richardson, who was 48 at the time, and stabbed her 12 times, fatally killing her. Her husband, Mark Richardson, who was 42, came to her defense and rushed Jeremy, but ultimately was dominated by Jeremy because he was younger and stronger. Stanky stabbed Jasmine's father 24 times, including nine stab wounds deep in his back alone. Oh my God. So he, he doubled his stab wounds. I don't know if that was methodical or not. 12 and then 24. But this is where it gets really bad. Oh. Next, Jasmine joined Jeremy in his slaughterous activity as the couple made their way up the stairs where Jasmine's younger brother, Jacob, was sleeping. Oh, no. Jasmine, Jasmine stabbed her brother four times to start and Jeremy slit Jacob's throat <gasps> ear to ear, oh. ending his innocent life. Oh, my. He was oh. only eight years old. No. Oof. Don't like that one. Why did why? I'll get into that. Oh no. So after their mission was completed, Jasmine was the only remaining member of her immediate family. The couple left the scene with the help of their friend Casey Lancaster, who drove them away from the residence. One of Jacob's friends and Jacob had a play date scheduled some days after the incident, and upon arrival, Deborah and Mark's bloody bodies were discovered because they were able to be seen through a window from the outside of the house. This poor little baby walked up to the house trying to play with his friend and found the parents massacred. Went and told his mom immediately, and she (gasps) alerted authorities. So the police were alerted, and they discovered the gruesome scene. Upon the initial discovery of the bodies, the authorities were very concerned that the young 12-year-old daughter was not at the scene, and they were concerned she may have been a victim of an abduction. An Amber Alert was issued in everything. Inspector Brent... I'm sorry, this is, I have to fucking... Okay, so his last name is... Secondiac. <laughs> <laughs> what? Excuse me? Secondiac. <laughs> Susie? Please spell that out. Uh, <laughs> I can't do it with the names. I got stinky and sucking dick. Okay. <laughs> it's S S E C O N D I A K. Second dick. I don't know if that's how you accurately pronounce my that. ass. Second dick. <laughs> Okay, continue. How, how would continue. you say it, Gavin? How would you say that? It's literally second and then IAK. Second dick. <laughs> or Inspector BS. Inspector BS. But he seems to be on his shit, so Inspector No BS is what we're going to call him. All right. <laughs> he says, I truly believed that this person was missing and abducted. It wasn't even in the realm of possibility that she wasn't accused. Yeah, I had forgotten she was 12. Mm-hmm. I, I had in my head, she was like, that, that, oh my God. Mm-hmm. The couple was eventually caught after their online conversations were uncovered and they were picked up the following day in Leader, Saskatchewan, about 80 miles from where the murders took place. Jeremy and Jasmine 
kept a strong relationship even after the couple was placed behind bars. They wrote to one another, and Jeremy even proposed to Jasmine. And she said yes, of course. Uh, they were grossly satisfied with what they had done, and Jasmine herself felt no remorse. She was even bragging about how the couple had become legends who would become, quote-unquote, immortal. Oh, my God. During sentencing, the process became unique because of how young Jasmine Richardson was, but she did end up entering a plea of not guilty in 2007. The jury, although was not buying that shit and convicted her of three counts of first-degree murder, and she was sentenced to the maximum penalty that was allowed for a child by Canadian law. That penalty was 10 years. <gasps> that was six years in jail, followed by four years of supervision in the community. That's it for... That's it. Killing your little brother. That's it. And inciting the murders of your parents. That's it. Maximum Whoa. 10 years you could give to somebody within a certain age realm in Canada. Huh. Yeah. So Jasmine was also rehabilitated and psychiatrically evaluated and treated throughout the time she was penalized. And she was diagnosed with conduct disorder and oppositional defiant disorder. Which I didn't know exactly what those were. So mm -hmm. I looked it up. Conduct disorder is a severe condition characterized by hostile and sometimes physically violent behavior in disregard for others. Children with CD exhibit cruelty from early pushing, hitting, and biting to later, more than normal, teasing and bullying, hurting animals, picking fights, theft, vandalism, and arson. Oppositional defiant disorder is frequent and persistent patterns of anger, irritability, arguing, defiance, or vindictiveness towards you and other authority figures, and it usually presents itself in children and teens. So it's interesting. They say that she was diagnosed with that. I was like, I think she was just diagnosed with a 300-year-old werewolf that was manipulative. So Steinke was also convicted of three counts of first-degree murder, 25 at the time of conviction. He was sentenced to life in prison without parole for 25 years. He got three separate life sentences. But I left that pretty vague because it's not about Steinke, it's about Richardson. Three consecutive life sentences, so yeah. um, 900 years? But it's weird because it, 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 it said, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, it took me a second, but I see what you did there. That's funny. Oh, gosh. So they're, they're I can't believe I just did math right in my fast. head. I just agree. Anytime somebody does math for me, I'm like, yeah, yeah, that for sure. I'm not good at math. But their getaway driver, remember this little uh, Casey Lancaster, was punished as well, but only received a year of house arrest and was told to stay away from drugs. So fast forward 10 years. And Jasmine Richardson was released in 2016. She was described as the quote-unquote poster girl for rehabilitation. After being released, she assumed a new name, for obvious reasons, and is trying to live quietly under the radar. She never publicly apologized for her actions committed as a child, nor did she ever publicly express that she felt any remorse. But she did at one point say that she didn't want to kill her brother, but she felt it was better than leaving him with no parents. Mm. Wow, that's so nice. No. That's totally your decision to no. make. Ooh, but on a different account, she had also said that she thought killing him together as a couple would bring them closer together. It was really romantic. Oh my god. What? Yeah. Well, 
Oh. Bad news bears. I read on in investigationdiscovery.com that if she had stayed out of trouble by 2020, the murders would be expunged from her record. Right. Mm. Expunged? Mm-hmm. That's what I read on IDDiscovery.com, that they were going to be expunged from her record if she stayed out of trouble by 2020, if she didn't have any trouble from 2016 to 2020. But I could not find if she had fulfilled that or not, because she fell off the radar. Nothing I could really say there. So just be good for four years and we'll have no record of you murdering your entire family. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Solid. Exactly. Exactly. So then good old Inspector Secondiac had conflicting emotions about the charges and release of Jasmine Richardson. And he said, quote unquote, at one point, I wanted her locked up forever. I don't think I'm there now. I hope she moves on and becomes a productive member of society. I don't think she's truly evil. I've met some of those people that are bad to the bone and she's not one of them. So it's it's open to interpretation. I mean, she could have been born that way or she could have just fallen into the wrong group of people and this 300-year-old werewolf brainwashed her and she fell into the punk rock kill everybody vibe and took it literally. Fucking yikes. Yeah. Wow. I have lots of lots of thoughts, but um yeah. That's a tough one because you know how being in love like manipulates, especially at a, such a young age yeah. with such an older man, you know, like, I don't know if I could purely like blame her, but then I do because she literally did it. It's one thing to be like, I hate my parents. I want to kill them. And to then to like actually doing it. Mm-hmm. Those are two hugely different things. And even Jasmine's friends had said, like, she had mentioned to us that she was like talking about killing her parents and they just thought she was being like angsty. Yeah. And like that, they never took her seriously. They were like, there is no fucking way that she would actually do it. If someone tells you that they want to kill or like to kill, you should probably let someone know. That was like the Danny Rollings last week. If you see something or hear something, say Say something. something. Yeah. Yeah. But that's my case. That is the, I don't know. I had to put it in there because the 300 year old stanky werewolf bit was just too hard to not talk about <laughs> fair <laughs> nicely done thank you thank you thanks my name is aj pelletier and i'm here to talk to you about my podcast the roads we've traveled it's a bi-weekly podcast where every episode i interview guests about their lives their upbringings my my father was uh you know your stereotypical irish drunk their mental health like serious depression um very bad anxiety you know i, I can look you know, as a kid, I can see where it showed up. And whatever else they have going on in their lives. It's a heartfelt show where we share intimate details about our lives, our joys, our struggles, and our passions. And we like to have some laughs along the way, too. Are you, wearing, I don't want to hear from are you wearing Are you wearing a scarf? Oh, my f- God! I love it. I love it. I got that. You have Saturday no idea that. how funny that is, AJ. <laughs> we all have our own struggles and battles we deal with. My show is to help you out and show you that you are never alone. So why don't you take this journey with us? Subscribe to us and tell a friend. We are available on all major podcast networks and we're also available on YouTube. So what are you waiting for? Let's hit the road together. All right, guys. So I'm going next. My case is the murder of Craig Sorger. I was honestly kind of excited about this whole episode. And then I now I don't I'm not I don't like it. Um, 
especially if you see a picture of Craig, he is literally just the cutest little bean ever. Like, literally, he's just the cutest fucking kid. And I don't even like kids. <laughs> and just, okay. Anyhow. So 2003, Craig Sorger, a sweet, affectionate, and funny 13-year-old from Afredo, Washington, which is located smack dab in the middle of Washington State. It's only a couple hours away from where me and Susie live. Alfredo? Afreda. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Sorry, I must be hungry. Afreda. <laughs> Sucking dick. <laughs> She's got pasta on her mind, y'all. Apparently. <laughs> So, little Craig was lured from his home on the premise of a play date with two 12-year-old boys, Ugh. Evan Savoy and Jake Eakin. And if Jake Eakin sounds familiar at all, it might be because of several different reasons, and we'll get to that later. On the afternoon of February 15th, 2003, the two teens, Evan and Jake, knocked on Craig's front door asking if he could come play with them. Craig's mother, Lisa... Wasn't too apprehensive, since Craig had played with the two several times before, and Craig seemed rather excited to go out and play with his friends. Lisa told him not to stay out long and sent him on his way. Craig was mildly autistic and a special education student at Afreda Middle School. He was known for his great sense of humor, and despite his difficulty in learning, he managed to live a very normal life. He was passionate about race cars, video games, and science. Reading up on him, he seemed like a pretty rad kid. Several hours later... Lisa became worried when Craig didn't come back home. Craig wasn't very fond of the dark and wasn't ever known to stay out after the sun went down. Lisa began frantically searching for Craig. She searched around the neighborhood, went to all the usual spots kids would hang out and play, but she found nothing. Yeah, that hurts my stomach. I know. She headed to Evan Savoy's home and found that Jake and Evan were already at home, but without Craig. She immediately knew something wasn't right. She then immediately called 911. Lisa, as well as Evan's parents and a few police officers, went to look for Craig in a nearby park. Laying in a pile of leaves near a trail in the park, one of the police officers discovered Craig's lifeless body, still warm to the touch after being rolled over. The leaves had retained what remained of the last bit of heat his body had to offer. In shock and outrage, Lisa was quick to accuse Evan of murdering her son. It didn't take authorities long to figure out that the two teens were definitely involved. Evan and Jake were pretty damn quick to spin a web of lies, attempting to cover up their crime by telling the police that they had been playing tag and that Craig had fallen from a tree, but last saw Craig heading home around 4.30 p.m. Oh my god. The autopsy, on the other hand, tells an entirely different story. No. Baby. Craig had been horrifically beaten and stabbed. Oh, my God. Craig's autopsy determined that Craig had died due to multiple stab wounds and blunt trauma to the head. <gasps> Craig had four stab wounds to the back, three of which injured the chest cavity, puncturing a kidney, a lung, and the diaphragm on the other lung. Craig also sustained one stab wound to the front of the chest and several in the head. <gasps> X-rays showed metal particulates embedded in his skull directly beneath the stab wound. <gasps> These injuries were not consistent with climbing a tree and falling out of it. Yeah. <clears throat> no. Well, no shit. Unless that tree came alive and had a knife on it. Not a thing. So what actually happened to sweet little Craig? You might be asking yourself. After the three left Craig's house... They roamed the park, playing near a canal for a bit before they stopped to build a fort in a wooded area. Evan told Craig to feel the ground to see if it was wet. 
He told Craig to touch the ground for 10 seconds. <gasps> By the time Craig got to the number nine, Evan dropped a rock the size of a basketball on the back of Craig's neck, knocking him to the ground. Now it is, um, uh, I'm going to kind of improvise here because it is unclear-ish who did the beating and the stabbing. Their stories changed multiple times, but I'm just going to read this how I wrote it because it really doesn't matter when it comes down to it. The two began hitting Craig at least 16 times in the head and neck with a tree branch. Craig cried out, why are you doing this to me? But Evan and Jake didn't stop there. Poor sweet little Craig was also stabbed 34 times in the head, neck, and also had the stab wounds to his torso. 34? That was all. Uh, 34 was the number of stabs, cuts, and scrapes that they could account for. That You just have to imagine, like, they found his body not long after he died, so it's not like they were, you know, sifting through decomposed remains. No. After the ordeal was over, Evan shook Jake's hand as though they had just finished a business transaction. Ugh. According to Jake, after they brutally murdered Craig, they tossed the pocket knife in a nearby pond along with a few articles of bloody clothing, stepping on the clothes in an attempt to make them sink into the mud. Jake eventually led investigators to the location of the murder weapon and the clothing. Evan intentionally led investigators away from where Craig's body was found in an attempt to divert the investigation. Guess who's the psychopath? Uh, right? Two little boys playing little boy games for sure. But these two were not able to outsmart authorities. Both of the boys' parents had their own ideas of what had happened as well, stating that someone must have come along after Craig had oh fallen from the tree oh, and, oh, and they stabbed left him. him there. Yeah, well, and then he baby. got stabbed. Because, yeah, that makes a whole lot of fucking sense. Wait, can you recap the ages for me, please? Twelve. All of them? They were all twelve? Craig was thirteen. The other two boys were twelve. <sighs> That's the same age as... Your bitch. Yeah. Fuck. During the trial, the boys changed their story several times, but the truth remains the same. They most definitely murdered Craig, and according to reports, Craig was only one of two people that were supposed to die that day. <gasps> oh, shit. It was oh. suspected that Evan had planned the attack and had plans to kill the park owner as well. Oh, I thought he was going to kill the other boy. No. From my understanding, it was like a, a mobile home park. Um, and I'm assuming there was like a park inside the mobile home park. Right. Okay. That's pretty typical. So both boys proclaimed their innocence throughout their trials. And there are many words that I could use to describe them. But uh, fucking innocent is definitely not one of them. On April 29th, 2006, Evan showed no emotion whatsoever when his verdict was read. Evan was tried as an adult and was convicted of premeditated first-degree murder for the brutal slaying and was facing up to 26 years behind bars. However, the sentence was overturned in 2011. An appeal was filed based on the judge's decision to restrict parts of the trial to the public. Prosecutors planned for a second trial. However, Savoy ended up pleading guilty to second-degree murder. He was sentenced to 20 years in prison and is still serving his time right here in the Spokane area at the Airway Heights Correction Center. No shit. Jake Eakin, on the other hand, was also tried and convicted as an adult. However, he took a plea deal and admitted to watching Evan kill Craig and did not intervene to stop the attack. I honestly don't believe that, but I mean, I am not the court and I don't get to just decide, you know, what is just and what is not. You can just you can just smell like parents being like, just say just this. say that you yeah. tell him yep. that you watched him do it you would never do that my baby's an angel you would never do that 
Up my ass. Those are mm-hmm. boys. Boys will be boys, and boys follow other boys, and boys do what other boys do. It's just like a trending thing. Jake Sadly. pled guilty to second degree murder and was given a 14 year sentence. The court gave Eakin two years credit time served while awaiting his trial. Jake is now out of jail, and we're going to dive into what this little shit stain has been up to oh. since its release. Is he in Spokane? The now ex child murderer has had a huge change of heart. He's now a changed man. He's also now an anti-abortion activist. <laughs> Brittany vocalized what my face just said. <laughs> How can you be anti-abortion when you literally you murdered a, a fucking child? That wasn't fucking cells. But also that was a whole... child. Um, Sorry. Okay. <clears throat> Yeah, that one pissed me off real deep. Keep going. He has found himself making quite an ass out of himself by harassing women outside of Planned Parenthood right here in Spokane. No! Let's go go see him when I'm in town. Screeching religious (laughs) scripture from a megaphone and holding large printed signs of aborted fetuses. I'm going to fight that motherfucker. Let's find him! Jake Eakin went so far as to start the church at Planned Parenthood. Oh, what? Google it, y'all. So it, it's a ministry that literally is that sets up outside of Planned Parenthood. I've seen them. Yeah. I I have personally have seen videos from friends of mine who were counter protesting his little shenanigans in front of our Planned Parenthood here in town. I'm guessing that he uh, started that church as kind of a way for him to further slip through the cracks and enable his vile contradictory practices of harassment. He has made quite a name for himself on the World Wide Web, stirring up media attention and a slew of viral videos of him spouting his nonsense. That's not fucking redemption, homeboy. You cannot redeem yourself from that just from spouting shit off at Planned Parenthood. Fuck you. He is quite a little prick, and his message is back asswards and ugly. And I don't like him. I don't like this case. I'm glad there wasn't a lot of information on it. And that's all I have (sighs) written for that. But anyhow, so yeah, this case was not my favorite, and um, I apologize to anybody who had listened to it. As a mother to a young boy, it now makes me want to keep my son home and not trust any of his friends, because mm-hmm. I will mm. literally, I don't know, in that circumstance, like, I I don't know, I would beat a child. If some child <laughs> killed my child, I would fucking kill a child. I but we know. also can't, like... <laughs> We can't keep our kids, like, sheltered. Exactly. Like, I mean, you want to be trusting. Yeah. And I mean, it's it's not with the age of technology that we're living in. And like, you know, kids are just immersed in technology and social media at this point in time. And like, I don't know how you guys feel about it, but it it frustrates the ever-loving crap out of me because I feel like kids are just completely losing they're one they're losing their innocence right Two, they're they're not experiencing a childhood mm-hmm. you know i mean sure i'm not saying that kids aren't like learning faster than than we did totally because i mean they really are i mean that they're like two-year-olds that can work an ipad better than i can totally I, I i don't know like it just sucks because this this whole thing happened like i was still in high school when this whole thing went down but it, it's like these kids were still just living that that free childhood like let's go out and play and carefree this, nothing yeah. to fucking worry about no this anxiety poor kid no nothing who, like because he, you know he's autistic other kids don't want to ever play with him which just 
So also he, makes me incredibly mm, fucking angry. Yeah, so he gets excited and he's like, please, mom, please, friends, please, yeah. friends. Oh, and the, the, you know, the time the poor guy gets to go out and hang out with some friends is the and, last. And he thinks he's all cool and happy and stoked. And and therefore, I don't give a fuck if you are a reformed fucking Christian and you're trying no. to save babies, Jake Eakin. You can go get fucked. And that's how I fucking feel about that. Go off, Gabby. I'm right there with you. So, um... I'm fucking... I spent literally most of my, like, from fourth to fifth grade until, like, ninth to tenth, spending my time in mobile home parks. Because that's where my friends lived. And I lived in a double-wide trailer for years when I was young. I didn't have anything against it. I still do. Fucking A. I don't have anything against that. I mean, my parents were happily like, yeah, cool. Go, you know, go do it. But... It just sucks that you, like, can't trust anybody. Mm-hmm. Like, literally. Can't fucking trust anybody. And it's hard, like, do you trust until you can't trust or do you not trust until you can't trust? That's the question. Yeah, like, situations like this, I, c- I can't imagine, like, they give you parents, like, more anxiety on top of all of the <laughs> raising a child anxiety that you already have. Oh, my God. Yeah. And, like, I'm really fucking happy that I don't have kids. It's nerve-wracking. It is. <laughs> it is. It's really bad. Because, fuck, I can barely handle my own shenanigans. God, I had anxiety before I had a child, and now that I have a child, it's like, oh, I gotta have anxiety for me and you both because you don't have any? <laughs> I gotta do it for both of us now? Fuck. Mm. Glad mm. I have two very anxious children. So, yeah, I mean, this was I a- don't, but, you know. <laughs> this was a, a really fun episode. I'm glad Susie has had a little bit of com- comedic relief because mine sure fucking didn't. Fuck. Yeah, that wasn't the best. No, I even sat here like for probably almost an hour trying to figure out where I could like how can I like make this a little lighter. And I was like, nope, there's no. Well, you didn't have stanky and sucking dick in your story, so there was really nothing you could do there. I just had two 12 year old little fucking assholes. No, that's horrible. And like with my case, I was like, you know, maybe she was manipulated by this older man. Like that happens. Men come in. Oh, I said the word like, God damn it. But men come in and they will literally manipulate and like abuse and twist the brains of younger women. And they think that they're all mature and everything's cool. And so it's like, do you blame the 12 year old because she did that? Or, you know, that's a hard one. But in your case, those two boys did that on their own doings. It was premeditated. Exactly. And so it's like, I have, I don't know. I just feel like fuck them and they fucked up and that was horrible as opposed to where I'm like, what she did was fucked up. But like, she also got a glimpse of like love and horror and emo and 300 year old werewolf for a 12 year old brain. That's a lot to take in. And who knows how those boys were raised? You know, maybe they were raised in abusive childhood. Maybe like their dads were alcoholics and beat them. Or this is what they were used to. Or maybe they were born that way. I mean, you never really know. Yeah. The psychology isn't there. And we can't dive into that because it's not really there. Especially for kids. That's a tough one. Not a fan. This was not my favorite episode. I won't lie. Being someone who is not a a giant fan of children, I did not like this. I did not like this one bit. I feel deeply saddened for the families afflicted and affected by these tragic murders. And I really do hope that Lisa and her husband have found some semblance of peace and continue to treasure their memories of Craig. Gabby. I don't, I don't like it. Mm. Well, um, moving on from that, 
I feel I feel bad being like next week. Come back. Um, yeah. But <laughs> uh, but yeah, come back next week. Uh, we're going to do our very first deep dive where the three of us are all going to work together to tell you about my personal quote unquote favorite serial killer. <laughs> Speaking of, of f- f- favorite and your it's, apprehension there. So I found that. <laughs> I know I found a fucking Facebook group page. It's like uncensored serial killers. I was like, oh, this sounds good. Yeah, let's join this group. Man, I got in there and I was like, this is a fucking absolute shit show. There is literally a serial killer in the group. (gasps) What? Confirmed, like literally like in the in the group. Was he caught and then let go and now he's in the group? He was he- caught and let, and he couldn't, I couldn't remember why, but he couldn't be charged for the murders for whatever reason. It was a fucking mess. And then there was a post yesterday where someone was like, is, I'm confused as the intent of this page is, is like, is this a page that's like true crime lovers or is this yeah, a group because of the, serial killers? Someone had posted like pretty much like, who is your favorite serial killer? Which I'm pretty sure has probably popped up in there a lot. Right. But like reading through this thread, I was like. Idolization of them. Yes. And like it was getting dark. super dark and sketch. Ew. And like, Gabby, you should get out of that group before FBI man finds you. <laughs> I, but ask him FBI how man, Benadryl. I'm out. I ousted myself. I was like, gotta go. But before yeah, but you go, Benadryl, how much Benadryl? <laughs> I still want to know. I have a feeling if we if I stayed in there long enough, I would find out. <laughs> Fucking a dude. Oh, yeah, FBI man, uh, go and check out um, uncensored serial killers Facebook group page. <laughs> so it's, like, it's like serial killers gone wild. Yeah, I'm Yikes. only seeing topless girls in my head, and really, that's not the case. Exactly. Anyway, Susie, why don't you tell us about our Patreon? <laughs> All right, you guys, if you are slapping and itching for some extra content, you can please hop on over to our Patreon and subscribe to get access to sidecar episodes like Pillow Talk. We get around to it eventually. I promise I will get it out this week. I promise, I promise, to I our, promise. To our fellow patrons on Patreon, we're really busy. And we wish we weren't, but until this is our day job, you guys just are just going to have to wait, but I promise it's worth it. And if you haven't subscribed, it's worth it. (laughs) (laughs) You can subscribe to our Patreon by going to www.patreon.com backslash nightcap TCP. And you can get ridiculous photos from our recordings and full video episodes start to finish unedited all the shenanigans, and you can see our faces for once, because they're going to be on there. Oh, God. All the glory. I'm going to oh. start putting on makeup again. <laughs> <laughs> we look like zombies right now, but we won't for the pillow talks, we promise. <laughs> we'll get pretty for you. Uh, if you have a case that you're just dying to hear, check out our website at nightcaptruecrime.com and click on the Annoy Us button. Also... If you love us and you love what you hear, please, 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 please rate and review us on please. Apple Music or Apple Podcast. It would mean the world to us and it it, uh, it really does help us 
top the charts and we are we're trying to make something of this so uh yeah please help us out it takes like three seconds and subscribe anyhow we're super oh, confident yes. but we're also on our knees begging you yes <laughs> i am afraid to beg <laughs> all right guys we'll see you next week okay bye. bye we love you this is why we write scripts yeah hey That's but we why. improvised pretty well like that that did work that wasn't cool <laughs> Well, well, they're not going to have a choice on the Patreon when we can't improvise because we're being recorded. <laughs> but our faces are going to look great, so you know what? We're beautiful, and we're here. I'm just going to record with the titty out. There we go. <laughs> just the left one. Hey, that might get us some more Patreons. I'll patrons. Patreon slash OnlyFans slash True Crime trifecta. <laughs> Look, if you wanna if you wanna subscribe for a hundred dollars a month, I will tell these stories with my tickets out. I will too. Bring that to two fifty, and you get, you get both of us topless. You get four boobies, three fifty, pr- and Gavin will take his dick out. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sluts are us. No Here we go. Shame. Oh, in my only fan game. My titties are expensive. I have to pay them off. <laughs>